Hello and welcome to the latest edition of our Expert View podcast series. Uh, today we're going to be talking about small scheme buyouts um, and what trustees of those schemes can do to maximise the chances of success. I'm James Chalk, I'm a trustee director at FIDET uh, and a member of FIDET's business transfer team. I'm delighted to be joined today by Ian Church of Hyman's Robertson and Nick Flynn of Canada Life. Uh, Ian, Nick, I'll pass over to you to uh, introduce yourselves quickly, and then we'll start. Thanks, James. I'll go first. Uh, so I'm Ian Church. I'm a transfer consultant at Hyman's. Been there for about eight years, and I'm head of core transactions in our transfer team. So I lead a dedicated sub-team that is focused solely at the smaller end of the transfer market. Um, so with the increased business in the market, we recognise that it's a lot harder for smaller schemes to get insurance engagement and so we took the decision quite early on to set up a team solely focused on that as we find that the approach for larger schemes often isn't the best one for smaller ones. Thanks Ian. Uh, thanks James and Ian. Uh, my name is Nick Flynn uh, from Canada Life. Um, I'm sales director of Canada Life. Can- Canada Life are one of the smaller players in, in the bulk market but um, building quickly. Uh, we've traditionally been involved with pensioner only transactions but as from the beginning of the year we started quoting on deferred cases. Um, I'm pleased to say that we've won our first couple, in fact our first one with, with, with Ian's team quite recently, uh, and we've got exclusivity on another, another few as well. So progressing well and keen to discuss uh, small schemes. Thanks Nick. So today we're talking about small schemes. Um, how, how do we define small in the in the bulk annuity market? I think Word small is almost a little insulting for some of these schemes, but bearing in mind that we're probably referring to schemes sub 100 million, which is a credible number to be described as as small. Um, but the realistic issue is there's a capacity crunch within the market, um, getting schemes quoted, whether they're 20 million or two, 300 million or, or more is, isn't easy and isn't quick. Um, and those resources are, are very precious. Uh, we're, we're trying to expand and develop. But the reality is, uh, we or any other insurer can't quote on everything. Yeah, no, that's that's useful. And, and Nick, how, how does your um, how does your process for quoting for for schemes change for those smaller schemes um, as opposed to the larger transactions? Currently, there's not huge difference. Um, we're looking to develop a, a, a bespoke smaller scheme offering, which will be very similar to those available at the moment, but that will probably be six to, to nine months from, from now. So we're a little selective. Um, we're looking for schemes that we, we believe we can offer good value um, and probably the more simple end, but our, our confidence is developing quickly um, and more complex benefits are becoming uh, the norm. Um, but uh, yeah, we we like the scheme to be well presented and and, and ready to transact. Yeah, thanks. Nick. And and Ian, I, I guess in your experience too, is is do you have a, a similar definition of of small? Um, and and how how have you seen that process for for smaller schemes working um, across the board? Yeah, I completely agree with Nick. I think yeah, what we would have thought of as small twelve months ago has changed quite a lot. In recent months. Um, so 100 million is probably the threshold that we class something as small and that's where we see insurer engagement really harden. But depending on circumstances for those particularly fiendish schemes, so maybe they've got liquid assets or some quite complex benefits, you can even see cases up to around 200 million where they'll struggle to get engagement from insurers. 
And then on the, on the process side, so you know, we're seeing insurers really push for efficiency to, to be able to quote on more schemes. So a lot of the insurers that quote on smaller cases have now developed their own sort of streamlined propositions where they'll have a standardized template schemes will populate that with their data and benefits. And the idea being that the insurers then map that quite easily onto their pricing system. And that's really beneficial for them because it helps them cut down a lot of the heavy lifting that insurers need to do to interpret data and benefits, allow them to turn around quotations a lot quicker. We're also seeing insurers strengthen their position on contractual terms. So for smaller cases, insurers will often push for uh, only transacting on their standard terms, or maybe some consultancies will have pre-negotiated terms in place, and they'll transact under those. Yeah, we're we're looking for standardisation as as best we can. Um, we've all got limited resources. Um, legals are, are are important; they're hugely time-consuming when you start um, disagreeing on small points, um, and getting streamlined pro. Uh, contracts and processes in place is massively important. We have that with the majority of the EBCs and we certainly have with, with Hyman's um, and, it, and it works and it's a good base to start from. We're not 100% um, precious on every word, but as long as the bulk of things go through as, as we intend, then we can simply do um, more business and, and more transactions. Thanks, Nick. And what what can what can trustees and, and their advisors do to ensure that scheme small schemes are well prepared and are able to gain traction with, with insurers um you, you've both mentioned that it's obviously a, bit, a very busy market uh, and, and insurers are becoming more selective about what they they will and won't quote for um so what 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 do you see the insurers looking for um when approaching a small scheme transaction so perhaps we go to nick first and then and then ian yeah, thank you. From our perspective, um, communication is everything. So knowing that that opportunity is coming, when's it coming, um, how's it constructed, um, the, any issues that are there aren't on hidden. Um, you know, if there's if there is things that are complex or need discussing or need agreeing for them either to be laid out up front or even if possible removed from from the transaction. Um, everybody knows how a transaction should look, um, but sometimes it, it, there is um, hidden issues there. Um, we're very fortunate to have had all of the transactions that we've, we've quoted on have either gone through with us or, or, or one of our competitors. So there's no one sort of testing the market or, or, or wasting wasting time. Um, and, and that's that's great because nothing more frustrating than numerous insurers putting work in and finding out that uh, it was never affordable in the first place or it wasn't that the assets weren't ready or something like that so um yeah well prepared schemes well communicated open and upfront um works for uh, all parties uh, for a successful transaction that's like any yeah, further comments Ian? yes i agree with nick i think we're really strong with the schemes that we work with that they can't cut corners with their preparation so Investing the time up front to have clear data, legally signed up benefit specs, have all uh, objectives agreed between stakeholders, the governance in place to sign off the transaction when you get to it, and well thought through things on the asset side, so having a clear transition plan in place for that. But then also, we think it's quite important to structure the engagement, the insurer engagement strategy in the right way. So carefully thinking through which insurers that you're going to focus on and how you'll structure that process. So whether it's how many pricing rounds you're going to do. So for a smaller case, you might 
actually get more ensure engagement if you say we'll just do a one round pricing process let's go straight to best and final because it's a much smaller resource commitment on the insurer doing it that way and also in smaller cases we what we find can be quite powerful is actually working exclusively with a single insurer because in our experience the insurer then knows if they put forward a great price they've got the certainty they'll lead, that'll lead to a transaction whereas for a competitive process they could put in a lot of work but then at the end of the day the scheme chooses a different insurer to go with and that's kind of a lost resource so we find exclusive processes particularly at the smaller ends can be powerful in helping schemes catapult themselves to the top of the insurer's priority list because of that higher chance of proceeding yeah that, that is interesting and we're, we're certainly seeing more schemes um, adopting an exclusive um, approach with an insurer I guess the key question then is is how how the trustees ensure that they're getting good value through that that process um, obviously I think most schemes are inclined to sort of get get three quotes for for most most uh, contracts that they enter into so how do they make sure they're getting best value um, with an insurer yeah I mean that's the million dollar question James I think what I'd say firstly is I go through this a lot with clients, but it's a common misconception that you're not going to get good value for money from an exclusive process. In our experience, we've seen brilliant pricing doing it that way. And that's because the transfer advisors that have got good presence in the market and also professional trustees like yourself, James, who've got great visibility of market pricing, pricing, you know what good looks like. So you can quite quickly tell whether insurers trying to pull a fast one and yeah we find that insurers don't don't go down that route because they know that if they do that in one case then that consultancy or that trustee isn't going to select them in the future for other exclusive cases i don't know if you've got more to add to that from from your perspective yeah i mean well, well firstly the back to your round one comments and um uh, i'd say at least two-thirds of our active pipeline are one round um, processes. Um, if it's a two-round process, it's more resource-intensive, obviously. Um, therefore, not so attractive to to ourselves and probably other insurers as well. So we've seen that uh, change dramatically in the last nine months, probably. In terms of exclusivity, um, we, we're very keen on that when we've got existing um, arrangements where we've got the pensioners maybe and they're looking for the deferreds. That makes a, a lot of sense. Um, and the, having strong relationships with the the EBCs. Uh, means that well yes we'll get given those exclusivity offers but if we don't come up trumps and give sensible pricing then those relationships will soon soon fade and likewise with trustees as well you know it only takes one or two cases where it appears the insurer is taking liberties with the price to to ruin that that reputation and and, and that positioning so I think there's definitely a place for exclusivity um, I think that will move around as, as, the, as the market flexes and and, and if it continues on its trajectory then it'll probably be an awful lot of exclusivity for the smaller the smaller transactions but I, I think yeah trustees should should obviously do the due diligence and rely on their advisors but I think it's a good way of getting good pricing and, and to get transactions through an incredibly busy market yeah thanks thanks Les. and and obviously we, we've touched on this around how busy the the market is at the moment um You'll obviously both have been seeing much more activity this year than, than in, in previous years. Um, I guess the, the question in my mind is whether there is enough capacity in the market for those small schemes. Um, 
and you know in particular the schemes that are ready to to transact will they all be able to to do that um and you know how do you see the market developing over the next 12 to 24 months say so um perhaps we come to ian first on that one yeah so i was looking at our pipeline we don't see the market quieting down anytime soon so busyness is going to be a recurring theme I think, you know, schemes, most schemes should be able to get there. I think as long as they put the work in up front and are just flexible and realistic with their timings. Um, and, you know, we see that schemes are able to get over the line, especially if they're, they explore things like exclusive processes because it just helps them get that ensure engagement. Um, and it's not, but it's not all bad news as well. I think your capacity is increasing over time. Insurers are sort of making their own processes more efficient as well as consultancies. They're doing likewise, and there's benefits. So, obviously, things like how the life entering the third market has um, quite significant increase in capacity at the smaller end for, for small scheme buyers, which is helpful. Yeah, Nick, Nick, what are you seeing from from your perspective? Oh, from our perspective, we can obviously see the market growing. Um, we're pretty much getting a new scheme every working day, um, which is in- incredible. Um, you know, you have a couple of days off and you come back and someone says there's two or three here to, to look at and you think, wow, um, that's not happened before. Um, we are certainly investing in people and technology um, and trying to improve our, our, our processes so that we can quote on more. Um, and when we do quote, we've got a higher chance of, uh, of winning. Um, that's ongoing. I don't doubt for a moment that everyone else is is working on that um, and working working on it hard. Um, there's a huge opportunity in this market and it's one of kind of life's key uh, growth areas. Um, so I, I, I expect there, there will be some schemes that suffer, um, but I think the vast majority will get there. But it may well be you know, a five, six, eight month process as opposed to a three or four month process. Um, we've seen schemes try and jump the queue. Um, uh, by saying that we'll go you know, big schemes, we'll say we'll go or bigger schemes, saying we'll we'll go exclusive if we can get this transaction done in this time frame. I think that's going to happen as people are trying to take advantage of possibly corporate uh, events and maybe some taxation issues. But um, it seems set to, to grow, and, and all of um, Ian's competitors are, are telling us that their pipelines are growing. Um, and um, yeah, every, every time we get a pipeline from an insurer to add to our pipeline, um, it's a bigger spreadsheet. Um, so there's no doubt that the market is is, is growing. Yeah, no, th- thank you, Nick. As you say, it's very uh, interesting and exciting times in the in the risk transfer market at, at the moment. Um, I think the the key takeaway from from the session today is that even though there are some capacity constraints, those schemes that are well prepared with some uh, flexibility as to their market approach. Um, should be able to uh, to transact and, and be attractive to insurers. So now, Ian, Nick, thank you very much for, you, for your time today and thank you to all the listeners.